Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm here with Brandon, and we're going to be talking about bringing hope and healing from an emotional standpoint to women who need it most right, right there on their phones. So Brandon, I'm excited to have you on the Pro-Life Team Podcast. Um, would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a group of pregnancy clinic directors? Sure, absolutely. My name is Brandon Monahan, and I come from a long line of pro-life family members who've been active in the pro-life movement since, well, actually before the Roe v. Wade decision back when California was first allowing abortions many years ago. And through that line, my grandma, Virginia Evers, came up with the precious feet. And my mom and dad ran the business for a while doing uh, both that and then earn while you learn. My mom came up with that. And then I'm just the third generation moving along, doing very similar stuff, trying to help uh, pregnancy centers uh, save and change more lives. Well, that's not, yeah. So I never really connected the dots that your mom started earn while you learn. I know that you're working on the videos like the new generation of Earn While You Learn, but I didn't realize that your mom had started that in the in the beginning. Did she, did yeah. she, how what was that like? Like, what's the history of Earn While You Learn? Sure, absolutely. I mean, this, this really goes back to what pregnancy centers are now versus what they used to be. Um, there was this time where most pregnancy centers were built on a handout idea, which is, uh, women would come and get a pregnancy test, and if they needed any supplies, there was a supply closet that was open. Obviously, that's showing the heart of pr the pregnancy care center movement, just this uh, desire to meet the needs of the women coming through the doors. But it had a negative side effect that was certainly unintended, and, th and that was that people would come in and they wouldn't really, they would treat it like a government program. It was not something they were thankful for. It was not something they were earning. It was just something that was there for them to grab. And uh, it really didn't have a whole lot of impact other than filling those immediate needs. My mom saw this uh, when she was running. She had three different centers, saw that as a problem and thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. So originally, Earn While You Learn was built around this idea. She came up with a lesson. She asked her clients, hey, what do you want to learn about? And then she actually would write a lesson each week. She'd write a new one, and that's what she would teach. And they would learn that, and then they would earn what's called mommy money, which I think mommy money is pretty familiar these days. But back then, it was her idea and her alliteration to make that happen. Um, and then they opened a boutique to have all kinds of awesome stuff for moms to shop for. And in the end, that changed pregnancy centers because the clients absolutely loved it. They loved that sense of pride in being able to earn the things that their family need needed. They loved that relationship that they built with their advocates. Um, back then, they just called them counselors, but I know we've all changed advocates now. Uh, so they they really loved it so much that the number of women coming in and the number of opportunities to speak into lives exploded for my mom's center. At some point, actually around five modules, as we call it uh, back then, there are 25 lessons. She said, you know what? Other centers should be using this. And so she put it into a white binder, uh, printed out some sheets and shoved it in the front of it and called it Earn While You Learn. And uh, after that, it took off. I, it was in around 1,200 centers uh, and uh, made a huge impact across the nation. 
I would say so. It's like a staple of the you know the the history of the pregnancy clinic movement. Like it's um yeah, it's almost universal. It seems like when it comes to clinics having earn while you learn or something very similar, but usually earn while you learn. Yeah. Um, another staple, or, or almost, I feel like the baby's feet is like iconic. Of like the you know I remember when I was first connected to a Princeton Clinic movement, or when I first got a, a pair of the baby's feet. I remember using them as like a tie pin. I mean, I mean uh, a tie um, tack pin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think there's a different word for it for a moment. <laughs> but um, I just remember that being very, yeah, also very iconic. And like for, for me, it was one of the very first pro-life symbols that I um, connected with. And I think for a lot of people, it seems to be like a doorway or like an iconic piece that just sort of yeah. like symbolizes like a lot of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, the the Precious Feet lapel pin was declared the international pro-life symbol back in 1975. So that's when you're saying it's iconic. It, it really is. Uh, that was my grandma who came up with that. And uh, God bless her. She has a great idea. She saw that that picture by Dr. Seiko of a uh, ectopic pregnancy at 10 weeks and said, you know what, that is a picture that everyone should say should see he actually so he took that picture and then a pro-life club asked hey can we publish that in our paper and they did so in the uh, san diego tribune many many years ago and my grandparents are from san diego and they saw that my grandma said okay everyone needs to see that so she called her friend phyllis schlafly who was running the eagle forum at the time and said hey if i do this if i invest in this will will you get some and phyllis uh immediately said you know what we'll take a thousand and so she was the first person to order and after that uh, we've distributed over 20 million now of those and it has become kind of a, a symbolic uh, piece that says this is the humanity of the unborn so the baby's feet were designed based on a 10 week you said a 10 week old photo yeah, actually, I, looking at that picture i've got it right here to tell you the truth um, this is the original picture of a 10-week-old baby's feet. And you can see oh, wow. just the little toes and, and little feet. That's where that came from. And that was my uh, my grandma and grandpa. They saw that. They were conservatives. Um, but I'd like to say their view of conservatism and pro-lifeness were the same thing, right? So they loved our country. They're my grandma and grandpa. Okay. And they're matching uh, shirts that my mom made them even. <laughs> Uh, they they really believed that loving the country and loving unborn babies were the same thing. They, they didn't see those as, as something to be differentiated because they believed that our country was inherently good. And so they wanted uh, that goodness to shine through. And Roe v. Wade was a huge shock to them because, again, um, we don't do things like that here. So their goal was to change back uh, time to a time when babies were safe in their mother's wombs. And um, that's, that's where that picture really said to them, hey, this is something that everyone has to see. And so, and you're connected with several businesses or, you know, ongoing efforts. So we have, you have um, uh, Bright Course and Heritage House. Um, and then there's the, what's the name of the texting? Is that, it's got a new name. Hope, Hope Sync. Sync. That's right. And that one's like a year or two years old, yeah. I believe, right? Or, mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, really what we've done, 
is we've we've fallen into the places where there is a need to grow and and so talking of the previous generations obviously i'm more than a little bit blessed to be backed up by generations of of amazing people so i've got my grandma and grandpa who by the way my grandpa was one of the top notch people he taught me how to work uh and he fired my brother for not working he just and one of the best things that happened to my brother was he got fired so the and he was a foundational and then my dad and my mom, my mom being the heart of it, my dad being the steadfastness of it. And having all of those in place has allowed us then now to reach into those additional places. And the thing that I bring that's a little bit unique is definitely the technological edge of pieces. Um, I actually love programming. I, I love databases, to tell you the truth. That's my SQL is my my language I dream about and enjoy being a part of. So because of that, we have taken these pieces that my uh, parents and my grandparents have been using for decades and moved it over into a technological format. So BrightCourse is the online version of Earn While You Learn, and HopeSync is the online version of our literature that uh, you can hand out to people, but instead of handing it to people, you can text it to them. It's a little more complex than that, but that's the basic idea of it anyway. And can you share, so the story of HopeSync, um, I feel like the story of how it got started has God's fingerprints on it, just based on the timing, at least based on the timing. Yeah. Can you share the story of like how you got started and then, yeah, just sort of the risk you took and then how it sort of played out? Yeah, absolutely. That's both HopeSync and BrightCore. So of course, um, HopeSync started with Raul Reyes, who is uh, who was the CEO of Choices in Phoenix. I think it may still have been called CPC Phoenix at the time. And he had this idea that you could bring to a woman a, basically a chart that would reach her specific need for her specific situation. So he would say, listen, we want to talk to you about this specific problem that is causing you to have this desire for an abortion, whatever it might be from uh, body image to, um, you know, money issues uh, or uh, pushy boyfriends, whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay. You could talk through it. And so he had made a PowerPoint at the time and, uh, and shown us the PowerPoint. And of course my brain got, got going immediately when I saw this PowerPoint and I said uh, to him, I'm like, you know what, this is needed right now, but here's the pieces we need to to add to it to make it even more effective to get it onto people's phones so that we can have that piece. So we started programming it and it, it's a pretty complex piece of programming at this point. Uh, but while we're programming it, we did this text integration that allowed us to text content to clients. And that was good and all, uh, but you know, we wanted that text, but we also wanted the relationship side of things. Now, Bright Course is up and coming because our new content is getting out there. Actually, we were inspired by Dave Ramsey of all things. He, we went to one of his, I don't know what you call them, rallies, concerts, whatever. And uh, he's like, if you have an idea and you're not bringing it to market because you want to be ready, just do it anyway. So we brought out brought out Bright Course without having a way to pay for it, which was awesome. We we're like everyone, hey, go use it. It's totally free because we have no way to charge you. So uh, we did that actually. It's almost for eight months. We had no way to do that because we're like, hey, just go go use it. 
Um, so we're using it, using it. And then uh, my friend Rich comes to us and says, you know, hey, I think you should be able to text lessons to clients. Now, we had had experience with texting because of HopeSync, but inside a Bright course, we thought that was the worst idea ever. And I, I told, I tell Rich this almost every time I see him, like, Rich, that was the worst, best idea you've ever had. So it, the reason it's a bad idea is because we know that the power of a pregnancy center comes from the relationship that they have with the client. And we believe that that relationship was going to be harmed or degraded anyway uh, from having that relationship via text. We thought, that's not a great idea. But we, we like Rich, so we went ahead and we put that in. And again, we had that experience through HopeSync, so we built it into BrightCourse. That was in January of 2020. Of course, uh, a couple months later, um, COVID hits. And so yeah. <laughs> Rich is God's messenger. I got to tell you, because without him, that wouldn't have existed. And then pregnancy centers across the nation were able to continue ministering to their clients. Was it ideal? Of course not. But nothing was ideal for that year. I mean, let's be honest. So they uh, they would send those lessons over. Then they would call them and have a, a talk a, a talk through the questions with them and continue that relationship. And it's that because of that that pregnancy centers were able to continue reaching their clients during that time. And I want to make clear here. I think what's uh, I don't want people to get this idea that I had anything to do with it. In all honesty, we were reluctant. Um, we were reluctantly following where God was telling us to go, and uh, I, we're very happy that that we did. Um, but at the same time, I don't take any credit for it. I don't think anyone saw the pandemic coming. And so the fact that you had something, you're building something that would work well in an unknown situation coming down the road is pretty, pretty phenomenal. <laughs> it just speaks to God's like, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, it's miraculous is the right word. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, so tell, so I know that story, um, can you, what, what other story comes to mind when you, when some, if I were to ask you, like, where do you see God's fingerprints in the work that you've done in your family's work or in the pro-life arena, where else have you seen God's, you know, direct fingerprints or working through, through this effort? Well, I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent here and, and it's going to explain how I think God is working and it continues to work in here uh, in, in our lives and in the different pieces that are coming together. Um, and that tangent is into my favorite nerdy stuff, and that is Elon Musk, who is uh, a, a nerd's nerd. Um, but if you follow him at all, he has a few different businesses, right? So, um, of course, everyone knows SpaceX, uh, which he stated straight up that he wants to get to Mars. Um, but then he also has the boring company, which drills holes underground uh, that that um, he's able to make tunnels. And then I don't know if you know about that one, but that is one. They, they've got great merch. It just says the boring company <laughs> and that's it. And then he also has, of course, Tesla, which I think everyone is familiar with, uh, electric cars. And when you put all of those together, what you see is a concerted effort. He wants to go to Mars. Now, as a as a fellow nerd, I have no idea why it actually seems like a bad idea. But nonetheless, he wants to go to Mars and he seems to be p placing himself 
in a way that he can get there. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have mentioned with Tesla, he also bought uh, Solar First, our uh, First Solar, something yeah. like that. And so he also owns a solar company. Yeah. You put those together and it looks like he could launch rockets to Mars, dig underground because Mars is a caustic place to live, build structures underground, get power from his solar panels and solar company that he created. And of course, you don't use internal combustion engines on Mars. You use uh, Teslas. All right. So now that's a little bit of a side note. I think God has been doing the same thing inside of Heritage House with the team we have and with the people we have, all for the purpose of bringing all these pieces together to offer a solution that covers clients with that love, that covers clients with that information that is non-judgmental, but also pointing them to God in a way that starts from before they ever reach the pregnancy center, all the way until you know their, their kids are teenagers. And this is this is actually I should say until they're until they're safely ensconced inside of the church walls. That's actually our ultimate goal is to get them there. Oh. And so if you look at where God's fingerprint on it is, this this preparation of Heritage House to be able to do all of those pieces. Hope Sync is that pre-decision piece, and then um, Bright Course is that post-decision piece. And now we even have the pre appointment piece that we're working on called infinite worth and what we're trying to do is bring together all these different skill sets into a single place that's going to allow for the clients to be served in the best way possible Mm. yeah i love how yeah it's sort of the analogy of having like you know essentially the other other analogy would be like having the body of christ is represented by uh, arms and legs and all sorts of internal organs and, 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 uh, you know, the feet and the hands and the eyes and so on. And, and really in order to have a complete strategy or a complete body, uh, it takes several different, um, tactics or several different, um, groups or people or different pieces of a puzzle. And yeah. And really in the end, we're trying to, you know, trying to change the culture of life is, is a full body uh, experience when it comes to trying to help someone where they are and then helping people. Yeah. In, in order to get them into the church walls, essentially safe and growing and a healthy healing place. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful analogy of God's I, fingerprints really. Yeah. My, you mean Elon Musk is a, be- <laughs> I, I gotta say, I am such a nerd that I'm proud to have gone there. I just want to throw no, that no, out there. No, no, yeah, it so makes sense I, though. I He's got a full that. set of tactics in order to try to take on like the, the the major challenges of space travel and living on a remote planet with a yeah a very yep. uh, probably unfriendly ecosystem <laughs> or no ecosystem, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So, so tell me, yeah. So infinite worth that that's a, that's a new entity. What's the, what's your vision behind mm-hmm. infinite worth? So infinite worth is a nonprofit or not for profit, I guess is what people say. And our, our vision there is initially, and this is about as much as we want to say right now, but initially to act as a backup on the hope sync side of things to allow chats 24 hours with clients um, for that pre 
appointment meeting. And this is, this is really important. I believe that we have to respond to the new abortion pill availability. Uh, we have to respond to the tactics and the strategies being used by the other side. We have to respond in a way that's forward thinking and forward leaning so that we are reaching and having relationships with the clients even before they cross the threshold of the pregnancy center. And the pregnancy centers still play a vital, vital role here, but there's this necessity to reach them and to talk to them and to be available and to be right there and, and immediately able to answer their questions. Hopefully even from, uh, we're looking to have nurses on call uh, 24 hours to be able to answer their questions and work with them. This would be uh, through HopeSync where every single center has their own phone number. They can advertise and say that, you know, text us, let us know, and we'll get this uh, information to you immediately. And that's something that will be built into HopeSync so that you can have that backup and have that ability to have these people on call to back it up. Again, our vision here is to say that clients need to have as much as possible. They need to have that immediacy to quality information to begin that relationship before they've even crossed the threshold and then to create that ability to pass off that client to the pregnancy center in a way that honors the pregnancy center in every way, but also makes it so that they're able to serve that client the best possible. So, so Infinite Worth will start off by trying to connect with pre-clients in a chat type of um, environment. Does that sort of, what, what sort of topics will you be, you think will be covered in that kind of space? Yeah, I mean, anything. If you look at our HopeSync, we cover, uh, I think, 89 different topics that are possible for conversation. So we went to pregnancy centers across the nation and asked, I think it's 500 different centers and asked, what are the things that your clients are feeling pressures them the most towards abortion? And we took those answers, we collated them, and then we responded to them in three to four different ways. Um, we made these two-minute videos, and those two-minute videos would be either professional, i.e. someone like a lawyer or a doctor responding, or um, in some cases, a CPA. Um, then we also would have a someone who's been through that situation responding and how it worked out for them. Then we have a scripted version, which is what we call the educational. You know, it's got a bunch of references and whatnot. And then we also have literature and text written on it. And all of this is available inside of the chat to have that conversation. So you can send a two-minute video directly over to them very quickly and easily so that they have that on their phones. So when you say the topics, it's basically every topic that would come up. The difference is, and, and here's the problem, a pregnancy center for many times is run on donations. It's run on volunteers. And you know, they're not going to be able to be open 24 hours a day. You know, as a matter of fact, a lot of them aren't going to be able to be open eight hours a day all, all week long because they're smaller or whatever it might be. So what we're trying to do is answer that need and help come alongside the pregnancy center and say, we will be there for your clients. And then when you come in in the morning, you can read the entire chat we had with them and see that, you know, would they have an appointment to come in? So again, this has to, uh, this specifically works for the Hope Sync, the people on the Hope Sync system, because it has that ability to chat with clients right now. 
but at the same time, uh, it's going to give them that ability to get out there with a number that's it's associated with HopeSync, but not necessarily like the client wouldn't know that. And so they'll go out and they'll advertise this and just say, hey, just text us at this number. And 24 hours a day, they'll have someone who's going to be able to respond. On top of that, we're building widgets that go on websites that will say, you know, talk to a nurse. And they just click on it and they're immediately able to text with a nurse right then and there. So having that, um, that, instancy. I think that's something that the immediacy that has come from the pandemic as far as medical care is a huge deal. And that's a response that we need to respond to as a pro-life side of things and be able to come and say, you know what, we're here, we're waiting, we're ready. You know, we we will be talking with you within 30 seconds. You click that button and we're there to talk with you. I know that a lot of clinics currently work with with Bright Course and and providing these kind of um, pieces. Um, I think HopeSync, I'm not sure, it seems like HopeSync is newer, and so maybe I'm not sure what the percentage of clinics that are using HopeSync is, but um, when, when it comes to the infinite worth piece, and that's obviously just brand new, um, so how would someone go about, you know, in order to connect with HopeSync or or soon, or, or, or I guess another question might be is when is infinite worth you know, when is the expectation that it might become available for someone to to, to uh, explore and use and try out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our 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 drop dead launch date is April first, twenty twenty three. Okay. Um, so that's that is our launch date uh, that we're going to be able to answer chats for pregnancy centers that are on HopeSync. So obviously, we have a long way to go. Um, we actually do have an executive director who's going to be heading that up. She has a ton of experience in actually starting uh, phone lines and chat lines, um, but she's she's hitting the ground running. I'm actually having some trouble keeping up with her. She's pretty amazing. That's awesome. And uh, just getting that going, then getting our 24-hour coverage, a little bit of uh, programming that has to be done. But that's the hope is that we're going to be able to offer to pregnancy centers Across the nation, the ability to have 24-hour coverage, and we're hoping to launch with 24-hour nurse coverage. Um, that's a little bit more complex, uh, but and it, it requires some some uh, HIPAA canoodling, whatever it might be called. Uh, but we're we're working on it right now to uh, to make that uh, the case. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to the HIPAA, is it mostly like a disclaimer piece, like saying something like by using this? Yeah. Your um, you're agreeing to not share certain things or that you're giving your permission? Yeah, I, unfortunately, uh, HIPAA is, is, is a mess. I think anyone who works with HIPAA knows it's a mess. It's, it, the actual rules have been decided upon after the law was written. And these rules these, that are uh, given out almost contradict the original law, which is a- annoying as I'll get out to me as someone who just wants to know exactly what we're supposed to do. The reason this applies is because these rules now state that if you're not giving out your information via text, text is a preferred method. The idea, well, let's back up. One of the main tenets of HIPAA was to give easy access to your own information. And so uh, there were 31 different organizations who were sued because they weren't giving access to a client's information via email or text because the client, that's how they wanted it. And I say, 
uh, organizations. These were not pregnancy centers. Okay. These were health organizations. And so the main push these days has been ease of access to the information along with the privacy piece. So they put in place, there are basically three rules that you have to follow. It's pretty simple. You have to tell them one, that texting is not uh, safe, <laughs> as inherently safe. It's just not um, for, for various rather technical reasons. But one of them being someone can grab your phone and get into your mm. phone. And the second is they have to agree to uh, that. And then the third is you have to document that agreement. So that kind of stuff we have to follow. But then, of course, in certain states, you have a more stringent privacy rules, such as in California, that we're going to have to, uh, you know, understand and work through, um, even when we're talking about medical information. But I have a very strong belief that we should, as pro-lifers, use the extent that the law allows to save babies. I mean, if, if it's allowed, we should be able to do it, obviously, as long as it's moral. So as long as uh, something is moral and legal, um, we're going to go for it and we're going to work on saving babies in the best way possible. Awesome. Yeah. So that makes, yeah. And, um, and having, and actually having like a nurse answer questions um, via, via this uh, chat, is it via chat or is it via text? I mean, or I guess, is that the same? It is the same. So our system is built to be via uh, text, so SMS, um, and that's intentional because there's no install of a uh, of an app, and the rules governing texting and client content information allow for that, okay. and that's why we're we're going that direction, avoiding that install. But uh, on this, at the same time, we also are going to be um having video conferences with them that's built in um so that if you if they can get on video but let's let's just be clear everyone knows that the newer generations don't want to talk to you right they want to text you yeah that's just the way it goes so um we're going to have both of those options of course the goal is to get them into the center but along those lines what is the best way to get them into the center how much of a relationship does it help if you're having this conversation with them? Does that help get them into the center? And that's one of the things I think we're going to be able to answer. One of the exciting pieces we're going to be able to do is do a lot of A-B testing. You know, if we contact the client uh, five times after they've agreed to an appointment with this type of information, are they more likely to show up or are they less likely? And then make decisions based on that that will allow us to have the greatest impact possible. Mm, that's really... And so, so right now, and it seems like this is a new, well, I mean, some, so like, um, like option line extend has done, uh, mm -hmm. chat and phone call services. And I believe they did, I don't, I think they did texting as well, but it was always for appointment only. There wouldn't, no, there wouldn't be a nurse or a medical consult or information. It wasn't, it was mostly just for appointment scheduling with a clinic near where the client happened to be i believe um and then it, yeah, and yeah i don't i don't want to speak out of ignorance there because i'm not sure if they've changed lately i mean that used to be the case but i'm not sure how long it's uh, you know if it's changed or anything along those lines yeah. but i do know one of the things that this line will be different and this is one of the big reasons that i, I got behind it is the reason it will be different is because it's hope sync based meaning those 
it's actually around 280 different videos are going to be able to be sent to the client so that you're already creating that relationship and talking to the client in the best way possible. And obviously, uh, we want to do it the best way, and we're going to be looking at all the data to do it the best way. But our goal is is to be able to not just get that appointment, but and not just have a relationship, but also have content. So those three pieces, I think, have to be there to be key. And one is that they are relationship, content, and appointment. All three of those being there so that you're answering questions already, you're getting that connection already, and then you're getting them into the center. Yeah you do those three things you're going to be able to see that rise and that's that's what we're going going for following the data to whatever is best for the clients and it, and it seems like the data of you know appointment focus compared to information and then guiding someone to the appointment you know the data the data can then show which which performs better um, because appointments are so yeah, important and, 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 for for building rapport and trust and providing an right. ultrasound at some point. Um, however, yeah, if we can, if you can get a higher percentage of people to show up and have a, a smaller no-show and a higher, you know, up, uh, appointment scheduling, um, you know, if, if the data shows that showing, you know, providing videos and information increases appointment scheduling and show up rates, then, then that's a way to improve on this really important part, which is drawing people into pregnancy clinics to have to have a yeah rapport building, uh, ultrasound viewing, um, eighty five percent changing their mind from thinking abortion to thinking right. life, um, and uh, but usually it seems like the um, the uh, that rapport and trust is needed before providing life affirming information. So that's going to be a challenge to provide videos that are neutral or meet someone where they are without maybe turning them away. And so that seems to be a, I'm not sure maybe the the data can show how that plays out, but it just seems like that's a bigger, that's a bigger challenge than providing videos to someone who's already become a client. Yeah, and I'll, I'll actually speak to that specifically. We have a video that is not necessarily loved by everyone in the pro-life movement. It, and it lists the pros and cons of your three different choices, okay. right? Uh, so so you've got the the pros of, um, of parenting and the cons of parenting, okay? Right there, we're already stepping on toes because no, you know, we don't want to say there's, there's anything negative about parenting. I have six kids. I got to tell you, there are some negative moments in life. It's you have four kids. And yeah, um, some days are a lot better yeah, than others. It happens, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, there's there's adoption and uh, those options along there, the pros and cons of that. Mm. Actually, for some reason, everyone is ridiculously comfortable talking about both the pros and cons of adoption. Okay. They, they love to talk about the cons, actually, for some reason. It's mm. it's like the, the bad side of things, I guess. And then we talk about the pros and cons of abortion. And that's where it causes some um, consternation inside the pro-life side. But the reality is, is that there is at least a temporary, um, uh, shoot, I forget the exact wording, but relief, uh, being able to say we're out, uh, you know, I'm out of that problem and that problem is done and that relief is felt. And the reason I say that is, is because that's a necessary thing to say 
to acknowledge the reality in a way that really does help them see that we're not pretending here. We're not bringing them false information. We're not sugarcoating or, or whatever. We are saying, look, these, this is a real thing and we're real. So when you say, how do you um, have that life affirming? I believe that you're just honest. I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to hide anything. The fact that abortion may provide a sense of relief that's temporary, that's okay to say. And because the, we know that the long-term is is much worse off. And we know that the long-term benefits of the other choices are obviously much better than the long-term uh, the negatives that come from abortion. So you're right. It's going to be ridiculously difficult to do those. We're going to have to step across some lines that people are uncomfortable with. But the truth is we are not speaking to someone who's dead on pro-life we're speaking to someone who's considering having an abortion. And that being the case, we need to be speaking their language. We need to be speaking in the way that they will hear it best. And we need to be speaking honestly so that they do trust us because, well, because we're being honest. Yeah. And and I'm not an expert in this, but my understanding is that there's a couple of different like ways to try and be persuasive. Like there's um, logos, which is like the logical um, way of providing positives and negatives towards a decision. And then there's also um, pathos, like the emotional, you know, positives and negatives. And then ethos, which I think is, is it, I'm not sure if it's credibility or morality, I forget, but also having pluses and minuses when it comes to making a decision. Um, so when it comes to like the you know, the backstory of how you decide which pluses and minuses to use. Are you using logic or emotion or some kind of credibility or morality? Like which, which, um, which uh, type of um, de you know, decision-making did you use for some of these videos? Or do you, did it cross multiple areas of emotion and logic and maybe? Uh, yeah, I, I love how you said that, Jacob, because that's, we actually thought it through without thinking it through that way. Okay. But that's exactly what we have when we have we have the professional, which is that is the, the uh, argument from authority. Yeah. Right. So and, and then we have the we call it relational, but obviously that's the emotional. Yeah. Side pathos. Of things. OK. And then we we have the educational, which is obviously the pros and cons. So. Okay ironically yeah. what you just said is exactly what we did without even thinking well, so yeah, it's, uh, well, it's um yeah natural truth can be arrived <laughs> from multiple different right. roads it, it, <laughs> because it's true exactly. and it's, it's sort of a yeah that's the same way someone else figured it out yeah someone else can figure it out too <laughs> but yeah so what i i think we find though in a lot of cases what's most effective is that ethos side, which is the emotional, okay. I'm sorry, not the ethos. Pathos. The, uh, emotional. Whatever. The pathos. Yeah. The one, uh, we didn't use those words, but yeah, the relational <laughs> side, right? The, someone's gone through that story, but I actually think there's, there's a key here. I think most people need to hear the relational side so that they're, they need to hear, and this is old, old sayings, right? But they need to hear that you care. They need to understand that you understand. And when they do that, yeah. then they will hear what you think. 
So being able to hit it from that direction and being able to add that piece of it and do it, here's the, the other challenge, is do it in a professional way. So they have to feel cared for, but not feel cared for like they're going to their grandmas, um, which, you know, I, I love pregnancy centers that, that are like grandmas. That's awesome. That's great. But at the same time, for a professional uh, chat line that, you know, where we're sending them that information, we do need to come off as also professional as well. So professionally caring for people is uh, what has to be done. So we have to hit their emotions, help them understand emotionally what's going on, and then appeal to their higher intellect that comes for, uh, out of that emotional trust yeah. that's that's built up. And, and, I, and I think, um, yeah, emotional, the emotional connection or relationship building connection, I think is the, the right place to spend a majority of the effort and time and focus. Because I feel like when someone's in a crisis, logic is not something that they necessarily have the bandwidth or they don't necessarily have the uh, the wherewithal to actually, um, you know, consider. And I, cause I think logic is sometimes something that, you know, people that have the ability to step back and consider options is something that, you know, when logic will play a, a heavier role. And when someone's got a crisis situation, logic is not something that's it's easily... Um, considered or, or, um, yeah, just simply measured or, or thought about. Um, but emotion I think is yeah, a great place I, to spend time. Yeah. I actually have a, uh, an apologetics masters and we talked a lot about the problem of pain and they actually call the problem of pain, two separate problems. Your first problem of pain has to do with, um, it, the intellectual problem. The second problem of pain has to do with the emotional going through it in the moment problem. And that second one is, is something that has to be answered, has to be answered well, and it has to be answered with empathy and love and concern and care for the person, not the intellectual argument that you're going to win with. So Brandon, um, what is one of your main prayers when you know, someone who has been involved in the pro-life world for a long time and your family has been, you know, you have generations of pro-life uh, work and passion and commitment towards saving, saving those who um, are most, most innocent and most vulnerable. Uh, what is one of your prayers that you would like to maybe have, you know, for those who are listening, they could join you in praying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think very simply that the walls that are built that are deflecting the love of the pro-life movement will be broken down so that those who are considering abortion will feel and know the love of both those who God has placed there as well as God himself. So that's, that's where we need to go. We just need to chip at that wall and actually ask God to just break it down so that that love is known. And when that love is known, I honestly believe lives will be saved and changed by, by the millions if they are able to break down that wall and, and accept the love that is there for them. Our sponsor is Heritage House. Heritage House provides over 1,500 resources and tools for the pro-life movement from fetal models to yard signs to the precious feet pin. Heritage House is proud of nearly 50 years of standing shoulder to shoulder with pro-life advocates like you. 
see Heritage House online at www.pro.life. That's pro.life. Supporting our sponsors, like Heritage House, supports the Pro-Life Team podcast. Thank you. Shepherd, I shall not be in want. I shall not be long. He makes me lie down in green. He leads me by quiet blue. Yeah, the walk through darkest valleys, you are me, I me. Your protection guides are comforting me. No.